Message from Starfleet Command, top priority. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 161, featuring Abstract T. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse. I'm the host of the Trek Ranks Podcast, and tonight we are getting abstract again. We are returning to our popular abstract series of topics. Tonight we're giving the abstract treatment to a letter for the second time. It's abstract T, and I love these topics because anything can happen. It's that simple. We're just picking five items that are related to the letter T and Star Trek in whatever way you see fit. So this is always a a terrific time, and together tonight, two talented Trek talkers will join us for the first time to get abstract. That was a lot of teas. So we are introducing our two new guests, our first guest tonight, coming to us from the Western New York cluster, enlisted DS9, followed by TNG and Voyager, among her favorites as part of our new survey calibration matrix that we sent out a few weeks ago. So joining us for the first time, it's KJ. Welcome, KJ. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I am so happy to have you on after being interacting with you on Twitter for so long. So this is going to yes. be great. And second tonight, joining us from the main sector, he listed DS9, Enterprise, Strange New Worlds, and Lower Decks among his favorites. Here for the first time, it's Nate Perkins. Nate. Thank you for having me. It is truly an honor to be on here. Oh, man, I am excited to have two new guests on. So we're going to do our quick Trek origin story for both of you. So what's your backstory? How'd you get into it? Are you completist? KJ, give us a quick snapshot of your Trek fandom. All right. Uh, well, I am a completist or completionist. I never know which one to use. Me neither. <laughs> um, so way back in the day, I was on the periphery of Trek back in the early 70s. Um, my sister was a big TOS fan when we were kids. She was a little older than me, and I had seen some of it here and there, but I was young, wasn't really that into it. And then I was taken to see Star Trek, the motion picture, when it came out in the theater. And I went in thinking Star Trek probably wasn't really for me and then after seeing that film i came out and i knew it was not for me um, oh, that, was a, that was a tough slog for a kid back then who wasn't really into trek um I, i've since come around of course but uh it's been many years not as a trek fan at all um but then when tng started it was um i was starting college and I never really gave it too much thought, uh, but at some point during those early college years, um, a couple of friends asked if I was watching it, and they couldn't believe I hadn't seen it. Just knowing me, knowing my taste in things, they convinced me that I would love it. So I reluctantly agreed to give it a try. Uh, TNG was in season two by that point, and I watched a season two episode that completely blew me away. Um, all it took was that one episode and I was hooked and watched TNG for years. Um, by the time Deep Space Nine and then later Voyager came around, I was traveling a lot, moving around. I just wasn't in a position to be watching a lot of TV regularly. Um, so I'd seen them here, here and there, but didn't really follow along so much. Um, fast forward again, about 10 years ago, 
I started following a blog uh, called My Year of Star Trek. And the writer, uh, Ashley, was watching every episode of Trek in a year and writing about it. And the shows were all on Netflix by that point. Yeah. So I decided to to join her in that quest and watch along. Uh, so that's how I started my journey to become a, a completist or completionist. And I spent the next several years watching and rewatching and rewatching um, all manner of Trek nonstop. Um, and I'm definitely one of those people who can say Star Trek saved me in a variety of ways. Um, it's helped me through so many tough times. It's it's my comfort food. Um, and then when we got the Modern Era series starting in 2017, I finally got my chance to start watching the series, a series from day one. Uh, and that's when I've that's what I've been doing since. So I don't often get the chance to talk Trek with people. So I'm super excited to be here and can't wait to jump in today. Awesome. Do you remember what that TNG episode was, that, that first one? Um, oh, well, of course I do, but I'm going to keep that in reserve. Okay. Oh, I yeah. love it. Okay, season two. <laughs> now my Rolodex is I'm r- racing through all of them. <laughs> um, okay. Nate, how about you? What's your uh, What's your Trek backstory? So now I feel like even more of a child than I actually am. Because <laughs> you got two, you got two I got OGs, two OG Trekkies. I started my Trek with my mother's VHS tapes of the next generation awesome. that we would watch on the TV in the basement. And my first episode was either ens- the ensigns of command or the survivors. Cause we had seasons three through six. Yep. And so it started there. This is in like 2007, 2008. And so I get into it there. And then eventually it comes to Netflix back when Netflix starts streaming for the first time. Cause yeah. my first experiences of Netflix were mail order. So I go through all of TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise. And I'm like, okay, this is it. And then when Into Darkness comes out, I realize, wait, there are movies? (laughs) And so I see Into Darkness in theaters as my first Star Trek movie. And so then I go back and I watch 2009. I make sure I watch Beyond. And then as New, New Trek comes out, I had sort of moved away from it slightly. But like I was still into it. I would rewatch things on Netflix, but it wasn't really until COVID that I went back and watched Discovery. As of now, I'm a completionist up through the first episode of Strange New World season two. I haven't seen the most recent episode yet. Okay. I'm going to do that later. Okay. Because I've been busy, but otherwise <laughs> I've seen everything. I love that. Well, it just came out. So you're, uh, you're close. Oh, that's awesome. So we got two. OG Trekkies here from the early 70s and a newcomer who discovered it in the last 15 years. I love that. That's my favorite kind of mix. All right. This is going to be an awesome show. Let's get into our Trek Ranks recalibration. You can recalibrate the regulators now. Will do. Okay. The Trek Race Charter has two clauses. One, we rank Trek so we can have a fun conversation about Star Trek. And two, the ranks don't matter. We just use them as a framework to have a deep dive conversation about all the things we love about Star Trek. But what is that Vulcan motto? Um, infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. Hmm. <laughs> and what is diversity? But uh, celebration of differences. Because as DePaul and Dr. Flox just said, Trek Ranks is just a celebration of differences. There are no wrong answers at Trek Ranks. This show is about sharing the things we love about Trek, and we love it all, from TOS to TNG, straight through the Enterprise and the Kelvin Timeline, now Discovery, Picard, Strange New Worlds, Short Treks, Lower Decks, and Prodigy as well. It's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks Podcast. Black Alert. 
Black alert. And a reminder that this episode of Trek Ranks is current through the second episode of Star Trek Strange New World second season. Ad Astra per Aspera, the 885th episode of Star Trek across the past 57 years. And one final reminder that we use episodes as a shorthand term, but the 13 films are always in play as well. Hailing frequencies open. Thank you, Mr. Worf. You can hail me directly on Twitter at Trek Ranks or at Enterprise Extra. And you can see our extensive ranks of all the treks at trekranks.com. And don't forget to call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. Okay, so KJ and Nate, let everyone know how they can get a hold of you on Subspace KJ. You can find me on Twitter at Plus the Magic. And Nate? You can find me on Twitter at Nate underscore underscore Perkins. There are two underscores. (laughs) I noticed that. I love that. Okay, I think we are ready to run a diagnostic cycle to get into this show. Computer, run a level two diagnostic. All right, so for this diagnostic cycle, I'm just going to quickly define what we mean by these abstract topics. It's just another weird, interesting way for us to have cool conversation about the things we love about Trek, so don't overthink it. There's really no hidden message or anything like that. It's just our panel choosing five completely abstract choices related to the letter T tonight. So this is the sixth time we've done an abstract topic. Our first one was way back on episode 56 when we did top five shapes. And that kind of opened me up to this abstract topic idea. So since shapes, we've also done abstract three, the letter H, abstract one, and abstract silence. And now we're doing another letter. We're doing abstract T. So that's it. Just a bunch of abstract topics that could literally mean anything to anybody and will be a great platform for us to have a conversation about Trek, which is what we do at Trek Ranks. Okay, let's do it. Let's get into our Prime Directives and see how everyone decided to put their list together. Do they know about Prime Directive? They know everything I know, sir. And you are about to know everything we know about our Prime Directive. So, KJ, let's start with you. How did you define your Prime Directive and, and make your picks? All right. Well, I wanted to keep it pretty general being my first time here. I didn't want to narrow it too too much for me, but I started just brainstorming uh, things related to tea. Uh, and when I looked over my long list, I realized I had basically three kind of general categories of things. I had general concepts, I had production type elements, and then I had some straight up, you know, characters or episodes with yeah. with T. So to narrow down that list, I decided to keep um, one or two of each type on the list, but make each choice something that I felt was really important, either important to me personally or to Star Trek in general. So pretty basic. Okay. That's actually, that's pretty good. There's some similarity in what I did with mine. So Nate, how about you? How did you uh, do yours? So for me, the first thing I thought of was what all of whatever I do has to start with the letter T. Right. So whatever word that has to be the first letter. And after I made my long list, I looked at it and I realized I had two themes, but I was like, this is an abstract topic. So I didn't do the themed list. I could have done a whole themed list, which I have in the side and we'll get to a lot of in secondary systems. But so I took just things that start with T. Some are more concrete, some are more esoteric. But from the moment I heard the topic, I knew what my number one was. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah, so my prime directive is a little bit crazy. So normally I don't get into the weeds on an abstract topic. I just kind of straight up pick the five things I want to talk about. 
But for this list, I started going through it and I had a ton of options. And there's a lot of words that begin with the letter T. It's, it's a big Yes, one. there are. And, I, and I've been using a lot of them tonight, like our two talented Trek talkers together tonight for a terrific time. <laughs> so I started thinking about maybe doing all five of my picks as super distinctive, like five different categories. So kind of similar to your three categories, KJ. And then I landed on, I'm going to do the five stages of who, what, where, when, why. But we are going to call it... Type thing, territory, time, technique. So that is our T variation of who, what, where, when, why. It's type, thing, territory, time, technique. So that's what I'm doing. One of each from each of those all the way through. And that's it. Let's do this. So I, duplicates, I think I think there's some big ones out there. So I think there could be duplicates. But, but these abstract shows, it could easily be no duplicates. So we'll see what happens. I think we are ready. Third Ramadicon, introduce us to the order of things. I am a Jem'Hadar. He is a Vorta. It is the order of things. Thank you, Third Ramadicon. As always, everyone will start with their five-word summary and a hashtag to tease their pick. Then we'll each reveal our abstract tea choices and the reasons we're highlighting it. And, of course, everyone will pick an episode to associate with that pick. And after getting through five rounds of picks, we'll get a few secondary system selections from everyone. And remember, if we have any duplicates, make sure you listen for the Defiant Torpedoes. Okay, KJ, we're going to kick it off with you. What's your number five pick for your abstract T list? Okay, here we go. Five words and a hashtag. My entry into Star Trek, hashtag two Picards. My first abstract T is the episode Time Squared. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's genius. Yeah. yeah. So this was this was that first one that hooked me. Um, I the story was great. It had tension and mystery, fantastic pacing. It was even it was a bit creepy. Even um, I just fell in love with it, and it gave me a good taste of what all these characters were about. Um, you know, obviously Picard was the star of, of that episode, but everybody had like really, I think, really kind of important little bits. And I also loved the opening sequence with um, Riker cooking the eggs and uh, serving them to Pulaski and oh, Warp. Right. Um, but I, I thought the effects were great, um, not just the double Picards, which, of course, was nothing new, but it worked really well. Um, but the space effects, the shuttle, um, the really cool purple cloud spiral they flew through, it just it looks great even today when you watch that episode. Uh, it, it just looks fantastic. Um, it, this was the one that really blew me away and hooked me. I was a devotee from that moment on, so I'll always have a soft spot for Times Squared. One of my favorite things about this episode is when Pulaski is examining the Picard double, just the look on O'Brien's face as he watches and he's like, what is going on? (laughs) Always makes me laugh. That's so good. The tone on this episode is so good. It really, this is a great episode to know that kind of got you hooked on. Because if you're into sci-fi and just kind of, just layered storytelling and kind of because because the pacing on this one it's, it's kind of slow it's really spooky and moody the the atmosphere it's it's a good episode I really I I like this episode a lot yeah. um and that and I always forget so this is the one with that classic egg scene at the beginning with uh, mm-hmm. it's easy to forget that this is <laughs> that episode delicious 
Um, okay, fantastic. Let's go to you, Nate. What's your number five? Right, right, your round five. Okay, five words transporter duplicate that came back. Hashtag is a member of the Maquis. And my number five pick is Thomas Riker from <laughs> DS9 season three, episode nine, Defiant. When you first were like, there's no James T. Kirk, my first thought went to, what about William T. Riker? And Riker was always my favorite character in TNG. So him coming back in DS9 as the transporter duplicate that we actually met, like they didn't just bring back the duplicate once, they brought him back twice, which I think was just awesome and a great step into that sort of not full serialization, but continuing and bringing back elements from other shows. And I forgot to actually mention that, Nate, in the uh, Prime Directive in our Diagnostic Cycle. I told everybody tonight not to choose James T. Kirk or Earl Grey T. because they were just sitting there so they're just they're so obvious. <laughs> Those two picks are the first thing you think of. So I love that William T. Riker is on this list, the defiant, amazing episode. Nine years ago, a transporter accident created two William T. Rikers. One of them returned to his ship, the other was marooned on Nervala 4. The second Riker was finally discovered two years ago. He chose to use his middle name Thomas to distinguish himself from the other Riker. The two men are physically identical in all respects, right down to their DNA coding. There was no way for the security computer to know that it was Thomas, not William, who boarded the Defiant. This is a very entertaining story, but why am I listening to it? We have reason to believe that Thomas Riker is a member of the Marquis. The fact that they brought him back was such a cool thing. And to, what? to see him used in that way was awesome. Uh, KJ, what's your take on Defiance and Thomas Riker? I, I love it. It's a. It, it was such a great um, episode. Just to, to to have him come back was fantastic. And what's what's striking me right now is, you know, I had my big long list of abstract tea. This never occurred to me, and now I'm thinking, gosh, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Um, but I know that kind of thing happens all the time on Trek Ring, so it makes me excited to to hear everything that's coming next. Uh, but great pick, great pick. It's a fantastic pick. I love this episode, and even sometimes I find myself forgetting that it hints at the the Romulans and the Cardassians attack mm-hmm. set up for another eight episodes. But this is also really one of the first deep looks we get at Dukat's character with him talking about his son and how what his son will remember is a Federation officer keeping his dad from him on his birthday. And just some of those first looks into Cardassian society and culture, which I just love. Yeah, totally agree. And it's a little bit of a precursor to Improbable Cause and the Dias cast. You're right. This kind of set, sets it up. Awesome job. Okay. So my round five pick, uh, similar to you, it's a character because I'm doing my type. So it's a who. It's the best word I could come up with was type for character. We're, we're not a lot of T words. But so listen, I've talked about her a couple of times in recent episodes. I'm not going to dwell on it too much. She's one of my all-time favorite characters. I had to do it again. There's no way I wasn't picking this character for this topic. Five words and a hashtag. I'm not doing the impersonation this time. Wait, yes, I am. What you're about to see, hashtag, comes down from the time of the beginning, and it is T'Pau from Amok Time, TOS Season 2. I love T'Pau. 
I literally think we've talked about it in the last two episodes, so I apologize. Celia uh, Lovsky and Kara Zedeker both played her in Amok Time and Awakening, and she's one of my all-time favorite characters. She has been since I was like seven years old. This is something mesmerizing about this character. So that's it. Let's hear uh, some new perspectives on T'Pau. KJ, what's your take on T'Pau? Love it. Uh, you know, it's the it's the quintessential Vulcan episode, and it's it's a fantastic pick. Um, I wondered, you know, with all the the T names um, for Vulcan Vulcan women, I wondered um, if we would get more than one of those. Uh, we'll see what happens, I guess. But great, great pick. It could happen. I had to pick the OG yeah. T Vulcan in Tapau. Yeah. Nate, what's your take? Tapau, wonderful character. Um, her depth as a Vulcan. My favorite episodes of her have always been getting to know young her and Enterprise. But Amok Time is just such a pillar in Star Trek history. Right. And it's such a wonderful performance. And I, I agree with the T Vulcans. Yeah. There, there, there might be some more. And yeah, I mean, I, I like that uh, Awakening episode too. That was a good one. Um, okay, <laughs> round four. KJ, what's your number four pick? Okay, so five words and a hashtag. Lives in each other's hands. Hashtag crew is family. This abstract T is the concept of trust. Mm. So when I think about when I think about Star Trek and specifically each of these crews. Um, you know, the concept of trust is so prevalent across everything. Um, absolute trust each crew has to have in each other. And they do uh, just by the nature of what they all go through every day. Um, trust is inherent in everything. And I think about that as like a workplace. Imagine how great it would be if you had a workplace like a like a, a, a Starfleet ship right. where you, you had so much trust in everybody. And, you know, that's it's, you know, dream for the future kind of thing. But um, there's so many great examples of it in, in every series. Right? For, for, for a choice like this and everything you just said, I'm dying to hear what episodes you pick. Okay. Well, there were this a couple so that good. I, there were a couple that I considered, right? Because yep. so one of them that always comes to mind for me, um, Oh, I can't think of which I can't think of which episode it is. But when Jordy bursts onto the bridge, uh, you know, and he tumbles out and yells, destroy that probe. And, you know, Picard hesitates just for the tiniest half a beat. And then he does it just because of that inherent trust he has. Jordy told him to do something and he did it without even knowing why, because um, he had that trust. Um, I think about Enterprise where, you know, those that was one of the series where we got to see. Um, the trust develop over time, um, particularly between Archer and DePaul. And, you know, that that develops into something so, so strong. Um, but I really wanted to pick a Voyager episode for trust because uh, because of Janeway. I think Janeway yeah. was the captain uh, who had to rely on trust the most, you know, just given the nature of what what happened to them and where they were. So I selected uh, the episode I selected was The Gift as an example, um, because it was the start of, um, you know, that absolute trust she placed in Seven, uh, even though, you know, she had every reason not to. And it was also the start of, of Seven trusting her. And, you know, we got to see that develop over time. Uh, Janeway was always so consistent and unwavering in the trust she put in everybody. Let's see how things go over the next few weeks. 
I'll consider granting you access to the rest of the ship. Once I can trust that you won't try to get us all assimilated again. It will not happen again. Good. If you need anything, contact me. Red. What? The child you spoke of, the girl. Her favorite color was red. It almost always worked well for her, and it almost always was well-placed. Not always, but almost always. But, you know, even when she got burned sometimes with trusting people, she she ne never let that sway her, and it didn't lose her, didn't make her lose her ability to put trust in, in those around her. So uh, the gift would be my episode choice. Fantastic pick. That TNG episode, of course, is Contagion. One of oh, my Contagion, top, yes. One of my top 20s, on, yes. uh, top 20 picks on TNG. Nate, what's your take on this concept of trust in uh, Trek and Voyager and Janeway? I, it's wonderful. I never would have thought of something this big, but you're yeah. right how all of these crews, or at least most of the crews that we see, that element of that trust is necessary, both between the upper ranks, but also the people in command, Picard, Janeway, trusting that they're the everyday, the, the ensigns, the crew members, trusting them to do all their little jobs to make the whole ship function. Trust being one of the big elements that just the Federation itself is built upon. Perfect. Well said. I mean, this is a huge concept. I love it. This is a, this might be our biggest abstract pick in terms of like this is an all encompassing uh, philosophy concept. I love it. Okay, uh, Nate, what's your number four pick? Number four pick, five words, cold containment cracks crystalline carapace. Hashtag thank you, Enterprise Season 4. And we have the Tholians. And my episode is Enterprise Season 4, Episode 18, In a Mirror Darkly, Part 1. Oh, where we first get to see that full body of yeah. the Tholian inside the decon torture chamber. And I've just, I love how it looks. I almost picked the Tholian web, but I decided I wanted to go for the whole body we get instead of just the face. And the Tholians as a crystalline race and how they function and their heat requirements, 480 Kelvin, has just always been one of my favorite alien races in Star Trek. So I had to get them on here. This pick is spectacular. And I'm so glad you picked that episode to represent them because the Tholians rule. I mean... The fact that they turned that image from the Tholian web and in TOS 50 years, 40 years prior into that creature, the and the, the the CGI works, everything about that race and creature works. Totally believable, incredible. I absolutely love this pick, Tholians. I love the way they were represented on that episode. Brilliant stuff, really outside the box sci-fi concepts. KJ, what's your take on Tholians and Enterprise? What a great, what a great pick! But uh, me too. I love, I love how you picked in a mirror, not picking the Tholian web because it's true. You know, revisiting and actually getting to see that image that we didn't get to see, you know, clearly before, like that, that was that was an inspired uh, choice to to choose in a mirror darkly. Love it. Fantastic. Okay, let's go to my round four pick. This is cool. We are through six picks, and we have six different uh, iterations of Star Trek that have been chosen thus far. Our sixth one right now, this is my what category. So it's a thing, who, what, and a thing. Five words and a hashtag. 
fastest, coolest diagnostic tool ever, hashtag, and they're not even out yet. It is the T-88s from Cupid's Errant Arrow on Lower Decks, that cool diagnostic tool that Rutherford and Tendi are so excited to get their hands on the new T-88s, and they are in the Jefferies tube running diagnostics and racing with each other because of the the commander uh, docent or whatever his name is, is told them that whoever finishes first can, can keep one. And I love this episode. I love lower decks. The uh, T-88s just look awesome. I want one too. Hey, Ron Dosen, welcome aboard the Vancouver. She's a beaut, isn't she? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the captain, your captain, has ordered us to look for alternatives to implosion. I'm going to have you two run diagnostics on the simulation mainframe. You both comfortable using t 88 Yes, sir. So comfortable. Super comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I like that enthusiasm. Tell you what, whoever finishes first gets their very own T-88. Wait, you mean like we get to keep them? Or, or is this like a borrow thing? Like we're going to have to give them back, right? Nope. I mean keep. Like, you keep it. Ah, Sorry, sir. Just checking if this is a dream. And anytime you see like a diagnostic tool and just someone working on shit in the Jeffrey's tube, I just that's my that's my comfort place. I love it. Uh KJ, what's your take on the T88 and Rutherford and Tendy? The T88. So this uh, again reminded me of you know a workplace. You don't often think of of these places as workplaces, but lower decks, I think, is the is the one that you really do get that sense. Yeah, these people are coworkers, you know, and you got like the the hot new toy at work. Everybody wants to get their hands on it. So I, it's I, it's hilarious, and I'm so glad you picked it. I was trying to figure out a way to get. Um, uh, a lower decks pick in myself and I just couldn't do it, but I I'm so glad to hear the T88s are, are on the list. Okay. I can't not laugh when I think of T88s. Nate, what's your take? I'm so glad you picked this. This was on my secondary systems. Cool. cool. It's just their sheer excitement about the new thing. is just <laughs> amazing. And it's such a great episode and it's just so fun. Oh man. Just uh, you, you can't say any better than that. Their pure excitement is infectious. They got their T-88s, and they are in heaven. I love it. Okay, let's go to the soup round. Round three. KJ, what do you got? Eat your soup, courtesy of a loyal establishment. Jolan Troop. Okay, five words and a hashtag. A shopkeeper and a spy. Hashtag plain and simple. <laughs> the abstract T is for Taylor. I love and it. That's so amazing. Of course, so of course referring to everyone's favorite tailor, Elam Garrick. Um, oh, you know, what a fantastic character. What can you say about Garrick? So integral to so much of what happens. Um, his character definitely grew on me throughout the series and then through subsequent rewatches. Um, every time I see him, I fall in love with him more. He's just the best. And of course, Andrew Robinson seems like a complete delight as well. Um, I was really excited to hear the other day that there's finally a release date for his uh, narration of the audiobook yes. for Stitching uh. Time, um, which should be amazing. Hearing it in his voice, hearing him talk again as Garrett, that's just going to be incredible. Um, so for the episode I chose, I, I considered a few. I considered in the Pale Moonlight because he's so pivotal to what happens there and the impact that it has on everything going forward and you know stemming from that. But I decided to go with um, Way of the Warrior, even though you don't necessarily think of that as a Garrick episode. But since this abstract T is Taylor, 
um, his tailoring actually plays a key part here. You know, it's what allows him yep. to be brought into the wardroom under the pretext of, of measuring Cisco for a suit. So he can overhear the news, uh, you know, that the invasion of Cardassia is imminent and it sets things in motion in a really important way. So Garrick the tailor, love him. What a pick. Fantastic. <laughs> and and I love that you associated it to that scene in the wardroom in Way of the Warrior. Garrick, what else is what else can you say? As I uh, never would have thought of plain this. Plain simple tailor. I love it. Yeah, Nate, give us your take. Plain simple tailor, never would have thought of this. And Way of the Warrior is great for Garrick because not only does it have him tailoring in the Cisco suit, but when he's in his shop doing alterations and gets attacked by the Klingons. I didn't know you spoke Klingon. Oh, you'd be surprised at the things you can learn when you're doing alterations. Well, let me guess. You're either lost or desperately searching for a good tailor. Guess again! Is one of my favorite things with him in the infirmary afterwards. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah. believe yeah. you're not pressing charges. Oh, doctor, thanks to your menstruations, I will heal in due time. But the insults that will have on their psyches and egos will follow them for the rest of their lives. And <laughs> so it's good. just pure Garrick, and I love it. Perfect. Oh, spectacular. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned A Stitch in Time, too. My all-time, without question, favorite Star Trek novel. I still have my original copy, and I cannot wait for that audiobook release, which is coming in just a couple of weeks as you listen to this, hopefully. I have so, not yet read that book, so I am oh, eagerly awaiting the audiobook. It's so good. It is literally like a it's the best continuation of Deep Space Nine out there. And the fact that it was written by Andrew Robinson just blows my mind. So good. Mm-hmm. Okay, round three, soup round pick for Nate. What do you got? Okay, so I have spatial to photonic to quantum, hashtag full spread. And my number three pick is the torpedo. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> And I I struggled for what episode or whatever to do, but I felt the need to give the Kelvin timeline some love. Uh, so my pick is Star Trek Into Darkness with the augments yes. in the torpedoes. Oh, so good. Seeing them in TOS and TNG as the photon torpedoes, the little shining light balls. Evolving into the quantum torpedoes, defiant torpedoes and all of that in DS9, but then taking the step back and going back to the general spatial torpedoes that throughout all of Enterprise Seasons 1 and 2 are really ineffective. They can't really do anything until they get the phase cannons, but just them being out in space with that, and it's just so fun. And I almost picked the Expanse with Malcolm being so excited about the new photon torpedoes that they were getting and having to install them and whatnot, but Kelvin timeline needed the love and McCoy on that moon opening up that torpedo. I love that. I love this pick. I love that you associated to the Kelvin timeline. I mean, the torpedoes play a huge part in that plot. That's why Scotty leaves the ship. Mr. Scott, I understand your concerns, but we need these torpedoes on board. Due respect, sir, but photon torpedoes run on fuel. Now, I can't detect the type of fuel that's in the compartments on these torpedoes because it's shielded. Now, I asked for the specifications, but he said... It's classified. It's classified. So I said, no specs, no signature. Captain. Flight check's complete. We're good to go, sir. Thank you, Mr. Sula. Yes, sir. Now, if you'll excuse me, sir, I have a warp cord to prime. Yeah, they're, they're core to the whole Get down. central plot of that great movie. Fantastic. Torpe- your, your history of torpedoes there just made me think, man, I should just do top five torpedoes. 
at some point. Um, KJ, what's your take on this? I love it. Well, it made me realize I don't know enough about um, all the different kinds of torpedoes. So I just got that. I put that on my list of things to uh, research a little more deeply. I'm, I never would have thought a torpedo. And I'm really glad to see some uh, Kelvin timeline representation here on this episode. So another great pick. Super cool. So we are, man, we are spreading it around. This is great. Okay. My round three soup brown pick. This is my where category. Who, what, where. This is territory. My five words and a hashtag. Telosian trial tells trickster's tale. Hashtag general order seven. And my pick is Talos four. In, from the Menagerie, TOS Season 1, Episode 15, I love uh, the Talosians. I love Talos 4. I love the Menagerie. Oh, my God. Just one of the all-time great classic episodes of Star Trek that still stands the test of time. So everything about the – I love like old sci-fi elements and classic 50s sci-fi. So to see the Talosians, just a really clever – usage on tv with they have all these tricks the blue flowers the hidden doors in the caves the elevator the force perspective the makeup is just so staggeringly good for these uh men and women that played the telosians and you can't they look kind of genderless and they there's like some force perspective stuff down in the caves in talus four i just love talus four i love the menagerie so that is my pick it's an all-time classic KJ, what's your take? Oh, and the fact that we got to go back, I forgot. We got to go back and see it in Discovery, and if memory serves, was just blew my mind, that whole presentation of uh, Talos IV there as well. So, KJ, what is your take on the Talosians and Talos IV? Fantastic, fantastic pick. Um, I will admit, I had not rewatched any TOS in a really, really long time, um, but when we got to revisit it, in the recent series, it made me go back and watch uh, not only this episode, but several of the TOS episodes that I hadn't seen in so long. Um, just fantastic, fantastic. Like you kind of reference that sort of 50 sci-fi feel. Yeah. Um, just such a classic look, classic styling of it. I absolutely love it. Perfect pick. The Menagerie is my favorite episode of TOS. Cool. It used to be number two, but ever since Strange New Worlds came out, it jumped up to number one over the Doomsday Machine. Yeah. And just the Telosians are, I've always loved, and the way they're they're studying things, they're, right. their intentions aren't necessarily hostile. They're right. just curious. Yeah. And so they do all these things to learn and things and whatnot. And it just makes us as humans look about what we do for our curiosity and the wonders of sci-fi is you can do those perspective shifts and it just, I don't know, it's fantastic and great episode. Great pick. Well, well said. I mean, that's a great breakdown of them. They're not inherently bad, right? What they're doing is not okay, but like you can, you can go talk to them and work with them and maybe try to get to a, uh, an acceptable place, but it's uh, they're fascinating, fascinating, great stuff. Okay, round two. Here we go. KJ, what do you got? Okay, five words and a hashtag. The fans who saved Trek. Hashtag B. Joe and John. Yes. Uh, this, <laughs> this abstract tea is Trimble. Um, oh, my God. That's so in, case, in case anyone is unfamiliar with the story, uh, the Trimbles 
B. Joe and John uh, were longtime sci-fi fans who are credited with basically saving Star Trek uh, and being the first organizers of Star Trek fandom, uh, particularly when they initiated a letter writing campaign to save the show and get a third season green lit. Um, they knew even back then you needed a third season in order to get a show into syndication. They wanted Star Trek to be around for a long time. Uh, and they did it. Um, as part of this fandom, I feel like we owe them everything. Um, it is very, very possible that we would have nothing in this Star Trek universe today, if not for the Trimbles. Um, it, it's, it was hard to pick an episode to represent this, but I ended up choosing the deadly years because uh, the Trimbles tell a story about being on set. Um, they were frequently on set back then uh, because they had developed a relationship with Gene and they were doing some work and some projects and things. So they were on set a lot. And they used to talk about how the mood on the set of Star Trek was always light and happy and fun. Uh, but this one particular day, while they were filming the Deadly Years episode, um, the Trimbles noticed that the mood was down. Everyone seemed upset. Uh, they tried to figure out what was going on. Uh, they eventually got the scoop from the craft services workers who told them that uh, everyone on set had heard that the series was likely being canceled. And supposedly it was on the way home from that day on the Deadly Years set that the two of them came up with this idea for a letter writing campaign that eventually was credited with saving the show. Um, they were also, they're really interesting people. If you ever read about them or get, get a chance to hear them talk, they were fiercely feminist and inclusive, very progressive at a time um, when, when not too many people were, uh, which I also love. So chose the Deadly Years for the Trimbles. Immediately one of my all-time favorite picks in the history of Trek ranks. I'm going to get emotional talking about them. They are special people. They are, really are. I've met them a couple of times at cons. Yeah. And you said it. You couldn't have said it any better. They're, it's the, because of them that there's Star Trek beyond you know, a two-season show that kind of made a little mark. It's just the, that's just a simple truth. Incredible! I love this pick, and I and I have to add uh, as a fun Trek Ranks note: first time the Deadly Years has ever been chosen on Trek Ranks. Oh, all right, <laughs> there we go. We love when that happens. We need That's a sound fun. effect for that. We need a sound effect for that. We're gonna do it right now. We're, there's a sound effect being played right now. That is the first time awesome. ever. Okay, Nate, what is your take on the trimbles you know much about them and your uh kind of young fandom i was gonna say thank you for the explanation because i have you said it and i'm like what i was completely clueless until your explanation so that's cool you should google it's bijou b-j-o trimble t-r-i-m-b-l-e everyone should look her up and her husband john they are saviors of star trek i love it what a pick okay Nate, what's your round two pick? Okay. I, I, I struggled with my five words on this one, but I went with Cisco dies, but Jennifer lives. Hashtag Empress Sato. And my round two pick is the Terrans from the Mirror Universe, just as ooh, a whole. Ooh, the humans like of it. the Mirror Universe. Yes. And I have picked DS9 season four, episode 19, Shattered Mirror, because yes. it's no longer the Terran Empire. It's... The Terran Rebellion. Don't take that tone with us, Terran. And this is... I always loved the DS9 Mirror Universe episodes. And 
Shattered Mirror is just always one that's so much fun. I love the dynamics between everybody. Just having all those. I don't know. It, it, it's probably my favorite. The humans in rebellion. And it dives into that. And I think that's a really fun twist for seeing the fallout from the original Mirror Mirror. And what Spock's actions did and how it affected the whole rest of things. I love it. This is a fantastic pick. The the mirror universe in D Space Nine is awesome. Sorry, some people think they, they kind of overdid it a little bit. I don't. I love it. <laughs> More please. And this is the Terrans. That's just a smart pick. That's all the way through Discovery. We're talking about Terrans still in uh, in Star Trek. And this is kind of where, like you said, the Terran Empire went to the Terran Rebellion. I, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, KJ, what's your take on uh, on this one? Great, great pick. I am also of the mind that uh, the, the Mirror Universe on Deep Space Nine just works really, really well. I was always happy to see it. And this particular episode, uh, especially, I, I, I always found it really poignant, you know, because of Jake, you know, Jake kind of getting to see his quote unquote mother Um Right. Their whole family story is so tragic with him losing his mother at such a young age. So, you know, obviously this is not his mother, but, you know, at the beginning of this episode and then again at the end, you know, there there really is a sense of connection in a weird way where he kind of gets to revisit this mother figure. Um, great, great choice of episode and great, great Taryn T. <laughs> I was going to, I was kind of excited when you first said, it. I was like, oh, we can talk about uh tubak mirror tubak but he was in uh he was in through the looking glass i think right not not no he 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 was in i think he was in both no he was only in one i'm pretty sure it was he was just in through the looking glass when they first brought when they first brought cisco over justin through the looking glass yeah that's the for sure so anyway we're talking about him now just uh another t to add to our list mirror tubak (laughs) okay let's close out round two this is uh, Trek Ranks first. So this has never happened in 161 episodes of Trek Ranks, but I am picking an episode that hasn't actually aired yet. But full caveat, by the time this is released, uh, everyone listening will have had a chance to see this episode. So you're safe. And I'm not going to spoil anything for our two guests this evening. So I'll talk around that element a bit. But here we go. Five words and a hashtag. Return to tomorrow and tomorrow, hashtag, and tomorrow is yesterday. And my episode is Strange New World Season 2, Episode 3, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And my abstract pick, you've guessed it, is Tomorrow. I love, it. actually I thought of Tomorrow as a, my, my time element. This is my, my who, what, where, when time pick. And I thought about the word tomorrow and I was like, oh man, I, and I've seen tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Cause I, cause I get the screeners. So, and I love this episode. It's, it's classic. So I was like, I'm going to pick it. I'm going to pick it even though it hasn't actually aired yet. So all three of these episodes are really reflective of Star Trek for me. So you got return to tomorrow. Tomorrow is yesterday, and then the new Strange New Worlds episode, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. So first we have Tomorrow is Yesterday, first season of TOS with the Enterprise going back to like modern-day Earth in the 60s, checking in on the Apollo program. Then we have Return to Tomorrow with Sargon and uh, Thalisa and uh, Hanok. And, and when you think about this, Return to Tomorrow, 
it actually feels like a strange new world episode when you watch this now. It it's the way the they interact with the three with Sargon, Thalissa, and Enoch taking over uh Spock and, and Kirk and uh and uh not Miranda Jones. Uh I can't remember her name, but uh Pulaski. Um <laughs> and it just feels like a Strange New Worlds episode. It's kind of a flip of, of watching Strange New Worlds and saying, oh, this feels like a TOS episode. I think it kind of works in reverse, too. And then we have this incredible episode entitled Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, which is, of course, a line from Macbeth. And it's a classic. It's a really cool episode. Everyone's going to love it. And for our listeners who've uh, had the week to catch up, there's one moment in this one near the end with one of the big reveals and a line of dialogue about Trek and time travel that just blew me away. So I love that. And, oh, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that line in right now. So that when you hear the show and you've seen tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, you will know what I'm talking about. So here we go. Black alert. Black alert. But, you know, so many people have tried to influence these events, you know, to delay them or stop them. I mean, whole temporal wars have been fought over them. And it's almost as if time itself is, is pushing back and events reinsert themselves and all this was supposed to happen back in 1992. And I've been trapped here for 30 years trying to get my shot at him. I'm not going to stop now. So open the door. My real name is La'an Nunian Singh. My ancestor is Khan Nunian Singh. And his legacy is genocide, torture, and me. And finally, the famous soliloquy from Macbeth that comes near the end. I love this because not only is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow from it, but it also features the line, all our yesterdays. So now this famous uh, closing soliloquy in Macbeth has two Star Trek titles in it. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. KJ, I know you can't talk about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, but what's your take on tomorrow? Um, well, I just also wrote down uh, Return to Tomorrow. I've got that on my list for a rewatch because it has been a very long time since I saw that oh, one. Oh, that's cool. As far as Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, I just finished watching um, this week's or the most recent episode of Strange New Worlds. Loved it so much. I can't wait to see what they're going to follow that up with. So yeah. I am looking forward to Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. I love it. Nate, how about you, man? You haven't seen, you haven't seen, you're two behind now. I'm to, two behind to now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. Return to Tomorrow is a super fun episode. And when you were saying tomorrow as your pick, I was like, is he picking the guardian of tomorrow? Like <laughs> what, what's he going for here? But since I don't know, I, I look forward to seeing tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And I I, I'm a massive Macbeth fan. Oh, so okay well there's another uh exciting it's another shakespeare title in star trek's uh history okay i love it let's go to round one begin round one kj what's your number one pick hey five words and a hashtag chroniton infused transwarp isoneutronic tetrions <laughs> hashtag acting nightmare my final abstract T is Technobabble. Oh my God, I love it. So good. Uh, so te Technobabble is so interesting to me because it's, you know, a, a common thing that happens across sci-fi, but I think especially in Star Trek. 
Um, it's such a huge part of everything. And so many of the actors have horror stories about how tough it is to get through it sometimes. Um, but one of the things I love is how we, you know, the fans, we get so accustomed to it and like, we know what it means, <laughs> you know, it usually makes some kind of odd sense somehow. Right. Um, it works. We can, we can kind of figure out it works and, you know, we can even refer back to, you know, refer back to some of these phrases. Uh, Techno babble Star Trek wouldn't be the same without it. So <laughs> there's a million episodes you can pick to represent it. But I actually picked, I can't believe I picked this. Um, I actually picked the TNG episode Rascals, um, oh, which I can't believe I picked Rascals. But it's got the great um, sort of meta techno babble scene where Riker is actually making up his own techno babble to kind of uh, fool one of the Ferengi that's taken over the ship. So I thought it was a, a good representation since it's got like the, the, the meta techno babble dialogue in there. So Rascals is the pick for techno babble. You do know what a bilateral kelotractral is, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the Enterprise computer system is controlled by three primary main processor cores, cross-linked with redundant Melacort's Ramistat 14 kiloquad interface modules. The core element is based on an FTL nanoprocessor with 25 bilateral kelolactrals, with 20 of those being slaved into the primary Heisenfram terminal. Now, you do know what a bilateral kelolactral is. Well, of course I do, human. I am not stupid. No, of course not. This is the isopalavial interface which controls the main ferromantle drive unit. Don't touch that. <sighs> blow up the entire ferromantle drive. Well, listen, Technobabble is literary. It's just, it's fantastic. It's a literary part of Trek. It's, uh, I, I can't, I can't love it any more than I, than I do, Nate. Quick quiz. Do you know the only two episodes of Star Trek that actually use the word Technobabble? Uh, no, I can't wait to hear this. It's QLess. When Q mentions Picard and his lackeys would have solved all this Technobabble hours ago. And Voyager Partusian, when Neelix tells Tom that he is Unimpressed with your techno babble, Mr. Paris. Huh. Wait, you mean uh uh parturition? Yes. Yes, I love that. Okay, that's very cool. All right, that's uh that's very that's a cool piece piece of trivia. I know that it's been mentioned a couple of times. This is a spectacular choice, and it's at the core of what we love about Star Trek. Uh Nate, how about you? What's your number one pick? Five words, reading what it says on the screen. Hashtag yeah, this makes sense. TNG season sex episode seven rascals. It is also techno babble. No way. No. From the moment it was abstract tease. From the moment it was abstract tease, I knew it was going to be techno babble. <laughs> and rascals is one of my top ten favorite episodes of TNG. <laughs> oh my! God. I love it. I can't believe you guys picked the same episode for this. It's just, wow, it's great. Like I, I, I am floored, and I love that you love rascals, and that KJ was embarrassed that she had to pick rascals. <laughs> No, I do love Rascals as well. Um, but let's do this. We have a triplicate because we are all on wow. the same page. Although mine's a little bit different. I will say it's a little different. My five words and a hashtag. Tachyon truck traverses temporal transponder. Hashtag time to turn tail. And my pick is actually tachyons and technobabble and temporal time travel. My episode is Future's End, Voyager Season 3, and I I love time travel. I love tachyons. 
and tachyons are are always a part of it. Usually, not always. Sometimes there's those uh, those those chronotons, but usually tachyons. So from future's end to coda to blink of an eye to like end game visionary. You know, the, wait, those are all voice episodes. Oh yeah, visionary, all good things, explorers, yeah. cold front, time unlock, prodigy. Tachyons are everywhere. I love them, but techno babble is where it's at. Right? It's the it's exposition. At its best, I already said it, it's like a literary art form as part of Star Trek. And when you combine the two, there's nothing better. You got tachyon eddies, tachyon detection grids, tachyon scans, tachyon sweeps. I love tachyon radiation. Tachyon everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is like the best round one ever. I can't believe it. Uh, (laughs) Any final thoughts on Technobabble or tachyons, Nate? Well, I'll get get into it more with secondary systems, but... From the moment I knew Technobabble was my number one, I made a whole other list that is all Technobabble words starting with T. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I love it. Oh, that's really good. Uh, KJ, are you uh, any other thoughts on tachyons? I just, I just, I love it. I love it. I can't believe that uh, we, <laughs> our, our minds were all going in the same place here. Yeah, for sure. Great. And it makes uh, it makes perfect sense. Okay. I hope you're getting in some good Technobabble quotes throughout all this. <laughs> we'll have to drop in some. And, and by the way, top five Technobabble moments is definitely on our long list of topics, but it's one of those ones that kind of scares me because it's such a big, big topic. Okay. Let's go to secondary systems. Let's see what you can do with the secondary system. KJ, what do you got? All right. I had a few here. Um, first, I had Thies, as in William Ware Thies, uh, costume oh. designer from TOS and early TNG. Absolutely iconic. He, Legend. you know, the, the look of the costumes, just iconic. Uh, Luaxana Troy, love her character, but couldn't couldn't quite make the list. Uh, temporal distortion. I love me a temporal distortion. Uh, the Typhon Expanse. Um, yes. Typhon Expanse is one of those phrases, kind of like Galorndon Core. It just always pops in my mind and stays there. Um, and then I had Tuvok, my favorite Vulcan. Awesome. So those were my secondary systems. That is fantastic. Uh, Nate, how about you? Rattle off a few. So for the Technobabble whole list, yes. there was the Teradines from Enterprise <laughs> measuring the warp core, the Tachyons, your Tritanium alloys that makes up most of the Federation ships. Your oh, Tetrion yeah. beam. If not for Tetrions, we would not have Voyager. I also had Trellium, Tribbles, the Tricobalt torpedoes Tri-cobalt. that Cisco uses to that. poison atmospheres. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the ther- the thermobaric clouds around the expanse. So good. Tribbles. And you, you I I almost it was so hard to not have this on my list, but I removed it. Is the tricorder. Oh, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. I didn't think of that one, of course. I like that you said triples twice, like they're multiplying. So, uh, <laughs> and okay. to Vulcans. And the to, to, to Vulcans. To Lara, to Pow, to Paul, to Pring, to Lynn. <laughs> All right. I think most of mine have been mentioned. I am going to say I had an ep- Oh, my toughest cut was Tuesday. I almost picked it. We love you, Captain Harriman. So uh, Tuesday, everything's being delivered on Tuesday. Would have been a good pick. Um, I definitely thought about that. I had turbo lifts. I had uh, transfigurations is one of my underrated favorite episodes from TNG. I had Trelane. And one of my favorite captains, Captain Tracy from the uh, Omega Glory is... uh, 
underrated uh, actor and character. And then I'm going to give my special shout out to close it out to the word the, which yep. is at the front of 178 episodes of Star Trek or exactly 20% of every title. So one out of every five episodes of Star Trek begins with the word the. Okay. This I is just, amazing. What do you got? You got another I one? just thought of something that none of us mentioned. Trills have not come up at all oh, this episode. Uh, yes. I mean, come on. There's going to be literally thousands of key, <laughs> key Star Trek words that we this is very we true. don't mention. So, so that's going to be on everybody else to uh, send us those lists. All right. Awesome. Fantastic topic. And it will be awesome. Let's get into our regeneration cycle. We'll go through some cool stats that we have and a recap of our picks. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. Okay, KJ, recap your top five. Okay, I had Time Squared, Trust, Taylor, Trimble, and Techno Babble. And Techno Babble. So you had two from TNG, one from Voyager, D Space Nine, and TOS. Fantastic. Nate, go through your five. Number five, Thomas Riker. Number four, Tholians. Number three, Torpedoes. Number two, Terrans. And number one, Technobabble. Technobabble. Okay, so you had two from D Space Nine, and then one each from TNG, Enterprise, and Kelvin, and the Kelvin timeline. And you had two mirror round picks. So, uh, no, wait. No, you had two. Yeah, right. Because Thomas Riker's not, not a mirror. And then my five, the round five was Tapau. My number four pick was T88 from Lower Decks. Number three was uh, Talus Four, the Menagerie. My number two was the Strange New World episode that just dropped tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. And number one was Tachyons and Technobabble from. Voyager's Futures and okay, look at these stats. Man, we got a lot of ground to cover. So there was, I don't know if this has ever happened. There were no duplicates, but there was one triplicate. So that's very cool. Um, usually when there's a triplicate, there's also some duplicates in there. So if we break it down, I tried to break down each pick into a kind of a category. We had one real world pick, the Trimbles. We had one episode pick, Times Squared. There was uh, two objects picked, uh, three planets and races, three characters. I included the Taylor Garrick and the character count. And then there was like five concepts. So uh, basically techno babble and trust. And then there was one other in there. So, okay. Amazing, amazing. Oh, and then the, the series breakdown, man, we really spread it around. So we had one each from Enterprise Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, and Kelvin Timeline. So New Trek represented pretty well there. And then there was two from Voyager, and then three each from the from the three classics, TOS, TNG, and Deep Space Nine. Each had three T abstract Ts. Amazing. What a breakdown. Okay. Now we're going to initiate a temporal inversion because it's time to hear from you. Initiate temporal inversion. Initiating. And for this week's Temporal Inversion, we are going back to episode 155 and our top five Voyager vibes. 
And that episode was fantastic. We introduced our new vibes topic for all the legacy series. And we got a great voicemail in from our friend Ariel Kay, who's been on the show a few times. So here is her amazing Voyager vibes list. Hey, Jim, this is Ariel calling from New York, and I would like to contribute my top five Voyager vibes. I thought this was such a great concept for an episode, and I'm so excited for the rest of the series. So I tried to base my picks based on the things that I think make Voyager unique from the other series, but I kind of fell off on that concept and ended up just doing what felt right. So at number five, I have my five words in the hashtag, best aliens of the week, hashtag potato aliens. And I mean, the nature of like Voyager and its continuing journey um, really lends itself to this. So my favorite, without a doubt, as I referred to in the hashtag, is totally the hierarchy. They look like Mr. Potato Head came to life, and I think that's fantastic and so silly. I also really like the Vaudoir, just like as a makeup design. I think they're so cool. I could list that off forever. Number four, and pay attention to the dichotomy here between the five words and the hashtag. There's coffee in that nebula. Hashtag endless torpedoes. So the point I'm trying to make here is they go back and forth between the amount of attention they're actually giving to the fact that they're stranded in the Delta Quadrant. They've got no backup. So sometimes they pay a ton of attention to the limited resources. Like, we're running out of dilithium. We need to go scour for it in this nebula. And the other half of the time, they're like, yeah, we have an endless amount of shuttles and we could never run out no matter what. So that's good, too. And I say this with so much love for Voyager in my heart because and, and no criticism at all. It's just fun. Uh, number three... Captain Proton, Daydreaming Doctor, Salamanders, hashtag the silliest Star Trek. Um, yeah, they let themselves go there. Uh, my personal favorite example of this has always been the scene where the Doctor is singing about Tuvok and Ponfar, like a whole opera number dedicated just to being fun. And that whole episode, uh, Tinker Tender Doctor Spy, awesome. Also like 90% of the scenes that Neelix is in for comic relief, Voyager just lets itself have fun. Um, other shows do this at times, but I think Voyager does it the best. Number two, women in science are awesome. Hashtag warp particles. I mean, like, I'm a nerd. I'm going to grad school for biochemistry. I am a woman in science. And for me, Janeway and Bellano were totally formative characters. I mean, I remember jumping up and down on my dad's bed watching Voyager episodes while they were just techno-babbling back and forth. I had no idea what was going on, but I thought they were so cool. And here I am, you know, however many years later, going to grad school doing a PhD in biochemistry. Not to say I 100% have Voyager to thank, but it played a role. So I love that vibe coming from Voyager. Uh, they're just nerds, and I love them. And uh, my number one pick for top five Voyager vibes is definitely the crew as a family. Hashtag to the journey. Um, I mean, all of the Trek series is kind of do the whole found family trope. But nobody does it like Voyager. I mean, they're trapped on the other side of the galaxy, and it's just the crew, and they come together and have relationships like, you know, just as a family in a way that maybe Deep Space Nine does, but most Star Trek doesn't have access to that kind of trope. I love the mentorship relationships we get, the friendships we get. I, I love the fact that we eventually have Bolana and Tom Paris come together, and I don't think I've ever smiled more than when Meral Paris was born in Endgame, because I love them as a family. So uh, that's my number one pick. I didn't already listen to the episode. I'm going to go listen to it now and see if we have any duplicates. Anyway, thank you so much. Peace out. All right, fantastic list from Ariel. I love the hierarchy aliens yeah. that she included. And she had her women in science, or the personal pick, which is great. And then uh, the crew as a family. That's a great Voyager vibe. I love it. 
Fantastic. That is great. Voyager is the perfect topic to start with vibes. All right. So once again, those picks more than enough to clear ourselves from this week's tempo and version. So as always, I want to thank everyone again for all your great responses to the Trek Ranks podcast. Keep your list coming to me at Trek Ranks on Twitter so we can retweet them. But we also want to hear from you. So put together your own list of abstract tees or a list from any of our past shows. Give us a call at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527, or you can just record it yourself on your computer. Send me a DM. We can connect that way. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we are going back to our one-off series one of our favorites. We got a lot of good feedback on our one-off series. There's not a ton of topics in there, but uh, we are doing top five one-off relatives. There we go. So <laughs> it's a one-time appearance from uh, like a main character's relative. And there's a ton of those, a ton of them once you start digging into it. So KJ and Nate... If this is kind of a deep cut one. So if you had to choose one one-off relative off the top of your head, who would you pick? Uh, KJ. Oh, that's a tough one. You can't pick um, Alton soon because he appeared like forever. Like, so. <laughs> one-off relatives. Um, I'm going to say um, Kira's father. Oh, there you go. Yes. Um, I love I love her backstory. Um, so I so and sad. I see those flashbacks. He's, yeah. Yeah, that's a dark, dark episode, but I, that I character's interesting. It's really I yeah, thought of sad. I thought of him, but he's not a one-off because he's in Ties of Blood and Water and Wrongs Darker Than Death and Night. Wait, he's uh, in wait, he's in both? Yeah, because Kira Kira has the flashbacks to her dad dying. Oh, okay. So I thought of that one actor? too. Okay. Yeah, it's the same actor. Yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. I'm just Which wondering. is why my brain yeah. went to Kira's mom because I don't think she's in the other one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's this is gonna be a tricky one. We're gonna have to be but on I top also, of ourselves. I think we only ever see Trip's sister in one episode. We hear about her a lot, but I think we only ever see her in the nightmare where she gets blown up. In the forgotten. Uh, that would be interesting. This so is, that this is, is a tempting pick. That's a good one. There's a lot of different ways to look at this. That's a really good good memory on uh, Kira's father. Okay, now what's his name? I can't remember. I know Kira Maru. Kira, I think it was like to- Tovar or something? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I just know the actor is also the, the guy that the clown killed in uh, The Thaw. The Thaw, ter- yeah. terrifying. So uh, that guy's had a kind of... Uh, a couple of tough characters to play on Star Trek. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, we'll... Unless you guys have any other ones you want to throw out there, other uh, no, we're going with you're going to go with uh, Trip's sister, and we yeah, I'm going to go with Trip's sister, Kira's father, and we'll uh, we'll count that one on the technicality since uh, it's close enough, and it's Trek Ranks. Who cares? Okay, okay, <laughs> we love it. Channel closed. Reset. Subspace communications. Scrambler code Riker one. Scrambler code Riker one acknowledged. Okay, let's close this episode out with a huge thanks to Nate Perkins and KJ. It was awesome having you guys on the show for the first time. Any final Trek Scrambler codes, either one of you want to relay before we depart. KJ. Thanks so much. This was so much fun and i'm going away with a little list of homework stuff i uh, need to go back and rewatch, which is always great so thank you that is the best i love it uh nate uh appreciate you coming on man yeah thank you for having me shout out to the poll you did to get a bunch of new people on i'm looking forward to hearing a bunch of new voices 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is the plan. I'm really looking forward to it. We already got a few lined up, so and I'm happy to get you guys both on on the first of hopefully many. All right. Thanks, everyone, again, for engaging with us here on episode 161. It was a good one of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. Entry sequence at two minutes, Mark. All systems normal. Trigemic density at 0.041 and rising. We lost communication with Voyager 30 seconds ago. You don't have to impress me with your techno babble. Just want to remind everyone again that the entire Trek Ranks catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and on your podcast player of choice. Our episodes never get carbon data, so check out the topics you've missed and maybe just want to listen to again over at trekranks.com. And a reminder to check out our friends Five Year Mission at fiveyearmission.net. They're writing a song for every episode of Star Trek, and you won't believe how great their music is. They also have a podcast at the Trek Geeks Network, so seek them out. You won't regret it. I hope we never blow up that moon. These T-88s are amazing. Yeah, they're like crazy fast. How many diagnostics have you run? Fifteen. Oh, when I come back with this baby, the guys in engineering are gonna flap. Yeah, right. It's gonna be me who takes this back. I'm gonna blow their minds in medical. Nope. Sixteen. Twenty-two. Ah! <laughs> uh, Seventeen. Eighteen. Nineteen. That's, that's, twenty. That's, that's, twenty-one. Can't you use 22, your that's not fair. Twenty-three. 